Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Post-Political Podcast. I'm the host, uh, Derek Britton. And I'm very, very excited about our uh, guest tonight, Ari. I uh, have talked about uh, them a few times in the, the last couple of podcasts, introducing a little bit of what we're going to be talking about. And we actually have a, a pretty uh, great thing that we're going to kind of unveil to folks uh, tonight. So look for that. Um, first off, we have the, uh, the advertisements. We have the Vermin Supreme Institute. Our purpose is to inspire social evolution through the disruption of authoritarianism, to promote compassionate activism, and to spread the knowledge of redacted history. Through the use of humor, direct action, and mutual aid, we uplift the disaffected, the disenfranchised, and the disempowered. And we are uh, very happy to announce again that the Love in Action fundraiser benefiting the homeless camps in Reno uh, went very well. We were able to uh, achieve our goal. And uh, all of that, um, all of the stuff that we got is now on a pallet, I believe, on a truck and, and being uh, uh, shipped right to Reno. So, um, you know, next weekend, I believe, is not this coming weekend, but the weekend after will be the... Um, the uh, distribution of that. And we will talk about that a little bit more too, after that goes uh, well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking more about that. Uh, and then next up we have brewed coffee. So if you're in Lexington, Kentucky, check out brewed coffee and beer drinkery. Um, you can check out my affiliate link in the comments you, to buy mugs, shirts, hats, masks, uh, all sorts of different stuff. So uh, check out brewed coffee in Lexington, Kentucky. And lastly, we have the post-political podcast merch store. So if you go to postpoliticalpodcast.com slash shop and enter the code UNITY, you get 10% off your order. Uh, and you will actually be seeing a new uh, um, piece of merchandise, I guess, or a few pieces of merchandise uh, that we will be talking about in this episode. So yeah, so to uh, introduce uh, my guest tonight, we have Ari. So this uh, tonight we are talking to Ari Gaybreck. Uh, they had an event this past weekend we're going to be talking about down in, Louisiana, in uh, New Orleans that was benefiting the Trans Resource Network Louisiana. And we are also going to be talking about mutual aid and direct action. So let's bring them on. How is it going? Hey, it's going great. Awesome. Uh, the, the event actually went really well. Um, we ended up uh, fundraising um, $860 uh, through the raffle. Um, and we're awesome. looking at actually bringing in a little bit more. Um, there's a place that is going to be hosting us um, called Les Talk. It's another podcast here in the greater New Orleans area where we'll be selling some of the stuff that didn't get raffled off to people directly. Awesome. That's great. No, that's that's a you know good number to hit. That's a good amount of uh, money to uh, bring in and help out uh, the folks that you uh, help with that organization. We'll be talking about that a little bit later as well. But no, that's that's great. It I saw you you showed a couple of the uh, um, things that you guys were rappling off uh, uh, to me, and it was awesome. I mean, the, some of the amazing talented uh, artists down in that area were producing some cool stuff. Um, the uh, dye that was. Um, kind of the trans flag. Uh, that was incredible. I, I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, you sent that over. So that was our third highest bid on the item. And we had over 20, 20, we had 27 items that were for, for raffle. Um, um, that one on its own raised over a hundred dollars. That's great. And um, that one was done by Wendy Anderson. Um, she's an artist in um, actually in Virginia. Um, okay. She works at the Workhouse um, um, Art Center, and it's a former uh, reformatory that got turned into an art center. Um, oh, wow. The the interesting portion on that one was that it was Theodore Roosevelt's um, um, foray into progressive um, prison reforms. Instead of um, throwing people, um, you know, into confinement, uh, he ended up formulating for federal prisons at that time in the early 1900s um, a way of giving them work, a job. Oh, wow. um, the recidivism rate there was actually very, very low up until about the 1960s. Um, and there was a working farm there. There was wow. a power plant. There was a fishery. Um, they, they worked on farm equipment. They had and learned and were given things to do. And the recidivism rate, go figure, was next to nothing. Right. 
No, I mean, just get, you know, it shows like if you're able to um, do, you know, give skills and not uh, exploit that late, you know, that, that probably had gotten more and more perverse as uh, years have gone on. And that's probably some of the stuff we've probably seen in the sixties that that turned into, you know, uh, uh, some of the low wage uh, uh, work, but, you know, originally early on being able to uh, give folks that uh, went into that system, some sort of uh, skill to come out of that system with and um, do something, you know, that they want to do that they got excited about while they were there. That's, that's, definitely going to help people uh, stay uh, out of that situation. You know, I think that's, that's great. Um, yeah, no, that's r- really cool. So I, I know we, uh, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the craft fair uh, piece, but I want to talk to you more about broader uh, kind of mutual aid in the area. I know you do a lot of different things um, and are involved um, into a bunch of different mutual aid efforts down there. And, um, yeah, I just kind of want to hear about a bunch of them. I have, uh, some of the links you sent me earlier and I can, uh, put those in the comments as well as you start talking about them. Yeah, definitely. So, um, my group is Trans Resource Network of Louisiana or TRNOLA, and, um, we are dedicated to actually helping, um, the, the transgender community here in the greater New Orleans area. Um, we are completely community-based. Um, we are doing fundraising only in as much that we want to be able to give people a hand up so that they can start their lives and start going and getting to places that they need to. Um, um, what we end up doing is engaging with community to be able to have them help one another. Um, people helping people. I'm going to try seeing if I can bring Ari back in. It looks like they just uh, dropped off. So hopefully Ari will uh, jump back on, but um, take a little bit of time to talk about uh, some of the uh, work also being done for, if we're going to be talking about mutual aid, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the mutual aid programs that I uh, am hoping to help work on here in the the future. So uh, we also, we obviously are going to be talking tonight about the the stuff down in uh, Louisiana, but we also have up here in uh, Boston where I'm at, we're doing a little bit of work uh, with uh, Bridge Kids Give Back. Uh, We will be having uh, Nancy from that organization on um, I think in two or three weeks, uh, and we're hoping to do a little bit of fundraising there as well. And that group um, basically does um, work in Boston and also kind of the surrounding kind of greater Boston area. Uh, they bring hot meals and supplies and uh, coats, and especially here in the winter when it gets really cold. Um, I, I've seen her, you know, post on Facebook that she's collecting comforters uh, all around uh, the area. Uh, to bring in to uh, folks in Lowell, Lawrence, Boston, kind of the whole uh, area down here in, or up here, I guess, in Massachusetts. And um, we will be talking with her, like I said, in probably, I think it's like three weeks. Um, so look for that as well. That's some of the uh, mutual aid work that's being done up here that we're hopefully uh, going to be trying to link up and do something together uh, for fundraising there uh, as well. And then I actually just um, started conversations with the Worcester. So I'm really close to Worcester, which is the second biggest city, I believe in New England, but it's definitely the second biggest city in Massachusetts. And um, we're working with, we're going to be starting to work. We, we just started the conversations now, but there's a group called the Worcester Free Fridge. And that group is basically um, bringing it, you know, they've, they've got a fridge uh, out in front of, actually, I think this is um, in kind of a, not a, quite a public place, but a, in outside of a business. And uh, they're going to be offering, um, a bunch of different things, you know, donation based people can bring in uh, food and, and put it in the fridge, have it labeled with all of the ingredients so that folks with allergies uh, make sure that they aren't eating anything that they're allergic to. And they'll be uh, able to go in and, and grab the food as needed. Um, and I, I know, um, excuse me, that there's a lot more of these programs going around in different areas all across the country. So if you happen to uh, I'll put in the comments probably after the show, um, I'll go and find the link. But there's actually a really nice um, kind of uh, free fridge and in, 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 um, uh, the shared fridge, mutual fridge uh, network um, that I'll share the link in the comments uh, after the show. And basically, you can look up uh, where you're located and you'll actually find the closest uh, fridge uh, to you. So if you were to have, you know, um, some non-perishables or something that that uh, is not, you know, it has is um, something that you're not going to use the, the full amount. You could always bring it to uh, some of those areas. And the nice thing about that 
uh, resource that I'm going to be sharing in the comments later is it actually has uh, a list of all of the foods that are um, accepted and, and also that they have, some of them actually have up-to-date lists of what's uh, available uh, there as well. So um, look for that. I'll, I'll put, like I said, I'll put that in at the comments after the show. Um, but yeah, just some, some of the things that are popping up um, hopefully here in the next you know, whole, a month or so I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we did a lot of the uh, politics on the first, uh, you know, bunch of shows that we've done. And we, you know, we had a Bitcoin episode earlier this week. Uh, I'm hoping to dive a little bit more into some of the mutual aid uh, aspects as well. Um, obviously, I do work with the Vermin Supreme Institute, but there's uh, a lot of other things that I think we could uh, partner with and hopefully bring the audience of the post-political podcast to other groups that are doing uh, some amazing things that we can highlight and also, you know, help raise some funds for, um, or, you know, if, you know, some of the places that, um, do distribution of clothing and, and supplies and stuff, maybe you have, um, some stuff that you could donate there, uh, as well, if they accept those things. So we'll have to, um, find out what those folks are, are looking for, uh, in particular when we talk to them. And, uh, hopefully I can share a lot of that information with you all. Uh, as soon as possible. Um, it looks like Ari is coming back now. Hello. Thanks. Hopefully you uh, you all on the, the post-political podcast enjoyed my little uh, time flu there of talking about some of the other mutual aid uh, stuff that I'll be working on. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, it was a good good uh, little bit of time to talk about. I, I got to talk about a little bit of the, the stuff that's going on up in my area locally in Massachusetts. So now we get to talk about some of the stuff that's down in your area and um and also you know i know some of the work or some of the the uh, stuff that you'd shared with me as well um like the community fridges and stuff i actually talked about the worcester uh, community fridge that i'm starting to work with up here um you know those those are kind of national networks some of them and, and they do a lot of work yeah. nationally so uh yeah let's get back to it let's let's hear a little bit more about some of the mutual aid uh uh stuff and and i know you were talking specifically about the trans resource network of louisiana um so let's let's take it off from there so specifically what we were able to do is um, through our network um, to get 15 people um, rides to medical appointments, specifically for trans care. Yep. And we have been able to find houses in the last uh, five months for um, eight different individuals of trans experience. Um, and like you were saying, I'm not the only one that's here. There's also Imagine Waterworks, which is doing amazing work uh, here in the greater New Orleans area. And they've been used as a national model because everything through there is completely free. There's no compensation. There's no hierarchy. It's just people being good to people. Um, through that, the New Orleans Community Fridges started. There is now um, the free um, diaper and children's um, sections. Like they have uh, diaper, wipes, children's clothing, shoes that, that families can just go and get completely for free. And um, the, the bigger one right now is, um, the bigger one right now is um, um, of course that one, but there's also House of Tulip. Yep. And House of Tulip is um, the first house of its kind to really gear itself towards trans community. And what House of Tulip has been able to do is really focus in on, on getting community and to get engaged so that it can do some really smart things with it. So um, they just bought their first two houses in the greater New Orleans area. And um, they were able to um, do this all through crowdfunding. It was all through people. And it was one of the highest, um, it was one of the highest um, um, fundraising events that they had ever had. They ended up getting over $500,000 for um, their organization. And they outright just bought the houses that they ended up getting. That's so, wonderful. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. And this is this is small donors, big donors, all sorts of different, you know, people coming in to be able to go and help. Um, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just corporations. It was everybody. Um, 
it was everybody who wanted to be able to be part of the community to help others and individuals. Um, but going back to the one with the mutual aid networks here, Imagine Waterworks has been used as a national model to be able to model after. And they've been able to do food, housing for some of the different hurricane evacuees. We've been able to get things like, like um, rice makers or, or, you know, miniature fridges or, yep. or um, um, microwaves so that they can cook inside of their spaces that they're in. Um, in other instances, um, Imagine Waterworks has been able to coordinate people sending out free fruit from people's gardens. And again, this is just people. It's, it's just right. people helping one another. Um, and here in the South and in particularly in New Orleans, this kind of community assistance and this kind of community help is, is, is very majorly ingrained. Like, like we have this resilience of, of wanting to be able to help one another. Right. Um, I mean, the Cajun Navy comes, comes from, from Louisiana. Right. Um, and they are completely, totally and absolutely 110% volunteer based. Right. Yeah. There's, 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 it's just people wanting to be able to help others. Yeah. That's wonderful. I think there's something, you know, to be said that, um, we are seeing some of this in, in different communities kind of all over the United States. It's not uh, prevalent everywhere. I'd love to see, you know, more of it everywhere, but it's, it's um, there, there are definitely a lot of organizations that people um, can look for and reach out to. I, I wish there was, you know, some large aggregate. I know there is for the community fridges and things like that, but um, it would be wonderful if there was a larger aggregate of a lot more of the activism and, and uh, community ac direct action that that people could do ahead uh, to. And I know the um, I looked on some of the the websites that you had sent me and the Imagine Waterworks. They, they do have a lot of uh, different resources there um, and they've done a good job aggregating what they do have um, on that site. So that actually came from a group called the Southern um, Southern Movements Assembly. And it's a non-political group that gets together to be able to disseminate information for mutual aid throughout the South. Oh, wow. So it's 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 from um, Virginia all the way out to Texas, um, and it is um, a, like I said, a nonpartisan group. Yep. You have everyone from you know you have socialists, you have anarchists, you have. Um, every flavor that ends up coming in because they believe that that bottom up is better than top down. Yeah. That people know what they need. They're going to tell you what they need and you're going to form everything that you need from those individuals telling you what they need. Yeah. It's not, it's not, we're going to dictate to you what you need to do, but it's, um, um, the people are going to tell you what they need and you're going to form what you need around it. Yeah. And I've always liked the, uh, parent kind of the pairing of the terms, uh, mutual aid, direct action. I think they, you know, it's, it's more than just, uh, the, the action itself being direct, but like the actual, um, need and what is being given is typically so much more direct and, um, like what is necessary, I guess. What the person actually needs is being provided because they're directly telling the person, giving them uh, whatever they need. You know what I mean? I think that that those those yeah. type of systems that are, are, like you said, bottom up, that are um, more community driven and, and the folks who um, need any sort of access or, or help with anything um, can kind of tell what's needed and, and that group can then go and, and help uh, directly instead of, uh, like you said, the top down are going to dictate what we're going to give out and you make do of it, whatever you can. And, and it might be a square peg in a round hole kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's important that these kinds of organizations end up, you know, being the ones that are the power brokers that are the power players, because, they're going to be the ones that are going to facilitate what needs to be done and how it needs to be geared. Because when you don't have the ability to listen to the people and what their needs are, you're, you're ultimately just going to flounder. Um, 
And for myself, like I've seen some individuals and some groups that had really great lofty ideals, but they didn't listen to the people and they didn't listen to what the needs of those people were specifically. Yeah. They, they wanted to be able to go, okay, we're going to tell you what you have to do to be able to go and qualify for X, Y, and Z. <laughs> Red Cross. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Not to denigrate them, but there are times in which, you know, their methods and the ways that they end up doing things are counterintuitive. Right. And that a, a more community-based approach is definitively needed. Yep. Yeah, and it's, it's you know... When you're not getting that kind of closed loop system, and you know, I, I, um, I like systems. I, I, I think in systems, I guess. So, I, you know, w- without yeah. having that feedback uh, directly to the folks uh, providing any of the the resources, they could be doing something. And like you said, maybe in perfect intentions, an incredible amount of effort and money and time and all of that spent on the complete wrong thing that that community just does not need. If we, you know, if if, for instance, this is just a, a you know kind of a side case, but say uh, a bunch of folks uh, gathered a ton of money uh, for heavy coats uh, for the winter in people in uh, you know uh, some of the warmest climates in the United States of America, that's not going to do any good. You know what I mean? Like it, it, we need to make sure that though, and that's kind of a crazy, like kind of a silly uh, um, uh, example, but those types of things happen on kind of a more micro scale. Uh, when you have large organizations like that, that are really top down driven, dictating what they're going to do uh, without that kind of feedback loop from the community or the whatever organ- whatever uh, group they're trying to help out. Well, I mean, that that happened during Katrina here. Right. And and you got a whole bunch of organizations swooping in, you know, telling people what they were going to be doing and and how they wanted to be able to do it. And 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 how to be able to qualify for everything and then you come back and it's been now almost 16 years um since katrina and and there are still people who haven't gotten their money from fema right and there still are people who are waiting for their uh katrina cottages that that haven't gotten a single thing they haven't gotten anything from the state government. They haven't gotten anything from, um, you know, some of these different charities and organizations that were supposed to be in here to help. Right. And and the important things that that need to be taken into consideration are, are you know, exactly that. You need to be community driven. You need to know what exactly the people need, and then you can formulate what you need to do around that. Yep. Um. This this next um, quarter, um, TR Nola is actually going to be doing a needs survey for for the people within the community. Um, we did one when we first started and formed up, and and we got a good feeling as to you know what was definitively needed during that time during COVID. Yep. And and I'm betting ten to one it's going to change now. You know that that things are changing, but. You know, I, I look at specifically how people can do this and focusing in on and more smartly, you know, surveying and knowing specifically what people need is a necessary. Right. Like, like we're focusing in on housing and transportation and maybe people need something completely different. Maybe people need more funding for top surgery or they need money for co-pays or they want stuff like clothing. Um, You know, any number of these different things are an important thing to be able to know specifically, you know, what you need to have. Yeah. And having small organizations, you know, it's great to have these very large organizations that have, you know, tons of uh, people and tons of kind of momentum heading in one direction. And when there is a, a very big need that's obvious and, and kind of year round and and something that's um, going to be there, I guess the need is going to be there for a very long time, that might work out. But in communities where things change day to day, some of these smaller groups that are working um, with, you know, a decent group, a number of folks, but, but able to be able to... Um, 
kind of turn on a dime and and, and change the direction that they're going and maybe uh, set up a new uh, type of maybe uh, supply chain if they need to to get those whatever goods that that's needed. Um, I think some of the, you know, a lot of folks say, you know, we'd love for this to grow into this huge thing that uh, does uh, the entire state or something like that. Well, that could be uh, shooting yourself in the foot saying that people in, say, the eastern half of the state's going to want the same thing that the western or in the cities versus the rural areas or whatever. I think those smaller groups that are able to be a little more agile, I think, typically better serve. And, and it's amazing to hear that actual surveying is being done. I haven't uh, seen that, you know, locally here in some of the groups that I've been talking to and working with. But um, that's cool. That's really that's a really good way to get direct feedback, you know, on things. Well, it's um, when I attended the thing for SMA, um, the Southern Movement Assemblies, that was one of the things that we ended up talking about was the fact that you need to know exactly what people need. You can't just dictate. You have to know what what your population needs. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just, you know, the trans organizations that should be every organization that's here within the United States Definitely. should more than likely be doing that, yeah. you know, getting, getting a survey of needs, getting to know what their community actually wants. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's going to be so much more impactful, you know, uh, having some things that that might help but not are, are not directed perfectly are going to help but they're not going to help as much as you know it, things are you know especially with uh some a lot of the small businesses and stuff with with covid you know really str strangling some of that um it's the dollar needs to go further and i i think folks in mutual aid networks folks folks in uh third parties folks in like a lot of these places that don't have all that funding are able to stretch their dollars really well. And I think, again, this kind of speaks to those smaller groups that um, are able to do more with less. And talk about the best way to be efficient is actually knowing directly and exactly what those uh, folks need that you're trying to help and being able to spend the dollars to those things uh, um, specifically instead of guessing or, or trying to make your, your best effort on um, a group of things, you know what I mean, that, that might not perfectly uh, hit what they need. So that's that's great. No, I think the, the surveying thing, kind of a big light bulb for me. I had never uh, heard uh, folks doing that. And I think it's just such a good idea. Like again, like I said, SMA. SMA yeah. has been really, really super eye-opening for myself, you know, as to what actually needs to get done. And, um, you know, what, what we've been able to do through that and how we've been able to organize, like, yeah, it's a bigger group but it's based on smaller groups right? and it's non-hierarchical. So nobody's going to tell you how to be able to best do things. You need to figure it out on yourself. Right. And, you know, if you need to do a survey, do a survey. Yeah. I personally think every single like non-for-profit at, at any level needs to survey their people. Right. The people that they're actually serving to be able to figure out what they need. Right. No, that's that's perfect. I think that's that's a a good tool that I'm gonna kind of bring back to any of the folks that I talk to uh, locally here, or, you know, anyone I talk to on the show. I think that's that's a, a really um, just useful tool that um, seems so obvious now that you've said it, but before <laughs> that, I just never you know heard or seen of it. So, well, it's it's just in some of the different organizations that I've volunteered for, it hasn't even been a thought. Mm. Like like we know what's best because we formed this place and that's not how it works. It's not right. how it should work. You know, how it should work is, Oh wait, let's actually ask the people. <laughs> exactly. So um, I want to talk a little, so I, we might have missed, I think more um, on the uh, TR Nola thing than, um, than you think I, cause you, when you had finished the conversation a little bit about that, um, I think we had missed a little bit more of what you were saying. So can you just give us a quick recap and maybe a little bit more, and that'll kind of lead us into some more stuff that we want to talk about. So, so um, like I was saying previously with Tiernola, we're community-based. Yep. Um, everybody's just people helping other people. Um, we have a, we have a discord um, server. Um, we have a Facebook group and we have our main um, Facebook um, page as well. Yep. And it, it varies from day to day, but we have 
again, people helping people. Um, the entirety of the board is of trans experience. Yep. Um, everybody is either uh, transgender or um, 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 gender nonconforming. And um, even our executive director is a trans woman who we ended up helping. She reached out to us. We drove her from Livingston, Texas, all the way out here to New Orleans. And she's now working after finishing her master's here at a hospital. That's wonderful. And this is all just because, you know, it's, it's people who have contributed, you know, people who have been able and willing to give rides. Yep. And it is completely community-based. Um, our plans are for this next um, for this next quarter to be able to do a couple more fundraisers. Um, but our focus right now is actually finding housing. Yep. Um, we are on the search for and talking to a couple of different people on potentially obtaining um, transitional housing. Um, or temporary housing, because as it is here in New Orleans, um, all of our shelters are overrun. Right. They're, they're completely full. Um, and, and these go for House of Tulip and some of the trans inclusionary um, um, shelters that we end up having here in, in the greater New Orleans area. Because of COVID and, and the two different hurricanes that end up hitting, right. they're completely full. They've been full since last year. And, um, you know, the need right now is definitively for finding people housing because almost every week we hear a story or somebody messages us, you know, we're getting kicked out of our home or we're getting evicted from our house because we couldn't keep down a job yep. or, you know, we're losing our job because our manager is, is being transphobic. Um, it's 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 a daily it's it's a daily if not weekly occurrence that we have somebody contacting us right and and utilizing our network is what we're going to be you know doing going forward because it's it's a necessary our right. whole dedication is to having both the trans community as well as allies you know help us that we rely on the totality of the community of the greater new orleans area you know, not just trans individuals, right? But the LGBT community, the um, cis and straight community, our business community here. Um, the space that was used was from a local business owner. Um, she has an Airbnb, and she ended up donating the space to us to be able to go and house future raffles inside of. And um, um, I highly recommend her. Uh, if you're ever in the area, go look up La Maison de Lune. Uh, they have some really great spaces. It is in the heart of the Marigny. Um, and, and she's just, she's fantastic. She's a, she's a cisgendered ally, but um, she knows the difficulties. She understands how it is for trans people in this area and how, how hard it ends up being. So it's, it's everything that we've been doing from day one has been community oriented and has been completely dedicated towards, you know, our community helping us and our ally community helping us as well. Yeah. And that's, that's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's great to see, um, larger communities coming together to help uh, different folks in the area, especially being specifically uh, targeted for, you know, losing their jobs and things like that um, and losing housing. I mean, it's, it's really sad. You, you hear about it a lot more um, even now with COVID, especially it feels like um, people are using that as an opportunity to, uh, uh, to kick people out of housing and stuff. It's, it's awful. And you, you know, you've told me some numbers of, you know, folks that you've um, helped and housed, but it's heartbreaking to hear that that many folks have been, you know, uh, um, kicked out of homes or, or not being able to afford uh, because of COVID or because of, you know, other extenuating factors. But um, no, and that's, I, I really hope um, we can help. And I, I want to, you know, we had discussed uh, a little bit uh, before um, on trying to do something. 
Uh, I, I really, really want to help uh, as many uh, folks as I can, um, especially doing the good work that, that you all are doing down in New Orleans. So um, you uh, had a, a wonderful idea and a, a wonderful um, design, and I'm going to put it up on screen now. So this is the Be Gay Do Crime uh, shirt, hats. Um, so the, these um, pieces of merchandise will be available on the Post Political Podcast shop. Um, and you can go. So basically, you know, you see the, the left half, you see all of the uh, different pieces of merchandise. On the right side, you see that there is the PayPal and also the, uh, the PayPal link or the, um, the scan code. I will be sharing this on my page and in, in, in the group, the post political community group. So if anyone wants to, um, they can basically they can go on the PayPal and donate directly, or they can buy one of these awesome uh, shirts and hats uh, that Harry uh, designed. And I, I basically on the shirt, um, you have uh, the Be Gay Do Crime uh, on the front, and on uh, one side is the uh, Post Political Podcast logo. On the other side is the Trans Resource Network of Louisiana logo. So. Um, whatever folks, uh, you know, whichever way you want to, um, kind of donate a hundred percent of these proceeds are going to go to TR Nola. Um, you know, what, basically whatever, uh, is there after, after paying for the shirt and the hat, uh, is going directly to them. So we are hoping to help out as much as possible. Um, I know this is a, a very small effort, but I, I, I'm hoping that, uh, our, our community and our, our group here on the post-political podcast, uh, viewers, uh, can go on and buy, you know, some merchandise um, and, and and donate to a good cause. Like I said, even if 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 the uh, merchandise isn't exactly something that you want, donate directly. That's why I put the PayPal link in there, and that's what. But I think it's a really cool design. I love it, um, and it, it adds a little bit of uh, queer anarchy as well, which I I just learned about a little bit from from you uh, this week. We were talking a little bit about that as well. So um, yeah, queer anarchy. It really rocks. Um, some of the earliest, some of the earliest forms of anarchists, you know, wanted to be able to have not just, you know, anarchy within, you know, traditional, you know, heterosexual um, spaces, but also trans and and queer liberation as well. Yeah. Um, some of the earliest anarchist uh, theorists in the early 20th century, we're going like, we need to stop criminalizing gay people. Yep. <laughs> we need to be stopping criminalizing, you know, gender, sexuality, you know, all of those different things. And um, some of the first writers were going and talking about how sodomy and those things didn't need to be criminalized because right. it's not a crime. Um um, and talking about that, I, I just ended up learning today, um, sodomy is still technically illegal here in Louisiana. Right. So if, if, if you get this t-shirt, then you're, you're going to be having something that's, that's accurate if you're living here in Louisiana, because right. if you're gay, it's, it's, it's still a crime. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it just... It, I I love it uh, as well uh, because it just it it not only helps uh, kind of uh, strengthen that that you know um, going against the grain anarchist uh, kind of feel, but it, it's it's really bringing to light how many things are still criminalized and in specifically maybe not a hundred percent, but but very targeted towards the gay community. I mean it's it's not just a law for laws. You know, there are still some archaic laws on the books in every state. Sure. But these are specifically meant to harm people in the queer community. And I, I think it's great that we can bring a little light to that. And it's, it's a fun, you know, it's people will ask you when you're wearing a, a, one of these pieces of, uh, of merchandise, you know, what's that about? And you can actually tell them a little bit of a story of, um, and, and maybe enlighten some folks so that they fight against these laws and we can take some of these laws off the books. You know, I'd love to see Louisiana, uh, um, fight to get that law taken off the books because it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, maybe, um, the DA, like you had said, is not going to persecute on things like that, but the fact that it's still a law is still uh, hurting folks. It's still, um, a, a reminder that they're targeting people, uh, for being part of the queer community. 
So um, I have to give a shout out to Jason Williams here because he's our, our DA here in New Orleans and he is now refusing to be able to go after like, like prostitution. He's no longer going after, you know, things that are, are victimless crimes yep. like, like drug possession or um, uh, vagrancy or, or, you know, any number of these different things that doesn't actually have a victim to them. Right. And, and I have to give him his props because he's really done a great job when it comes to trying to decrease how many people are going into jail. Cause as, as he ended up talking to us at one point, um, he had these porch meetings where when he was running, he specifically talked to community members. He opened up his house, had his porch available to be able to come to and actually talk directly to people. And while I don't agree with him on everything, because well, he's a Democrat, <laughs> um, there are some things that I definitely do. And we want to be able to work with people like him so that we can focus in and really smartly do things that gets people out of jail, yep. that keeps people out of jail. Because we should be sending these people to places, you know, jobs that will teach them different things, even though I, personally think sex work is work, but yep. Yep. Um, um, there's, there's larger, there's larger things within this, especially with, with a DA who is willing to work with, with traditionally marginalized communities. Right. Yeah. And exactly. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, I, I think a lot of folks, especially, um, you know, anarchists and, in in um, radical anarchists or, or libertarians and, and, you know, folks that get stuck on the radical, you know, nature of where we want to be. But at the end of the day, we are, I, and I, and it, it pains me sometimes to say this, but we are going to have to get there slowly. And we are going to have to work with folks that are already in these positions of power. So if we find uh, members that, that are voted in as the DA that are doing some good work, we should highlight that and, and work with them on that good work. And if they're doing some bad stuff, maybe we, maybe you know, you gain a relationship uh, uh, with this person. We could have, to have these direct conversations with them and say, "Hey, you know, this thing that you're doing over here is actually hurting some folks as well. Um, and it's just not directly, and you don't see it. And this is why. And, and you know, maybe it, it sheds some light on on something that they hadn't thought of in the past. I mean, I know a lot of folks." Um, uh, you know, friends of mine that are, are from uh, high school and college and things like that, that are Democrats or Republicans, and they think they're doing great things for their communities. And in reality, they don't realize how that's hurting some marginalized communities, or it's just not doing the right. It's not their, their input is not, you know, directly doing the output that they hope for. So I think, you know, working with folks like that is, is exactly one of the reasons I started the, the show. So, yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely needed. If we're going to want to grow things and and having a perspective of of wanting that more community based resiliency, we need to start at a community level and we need to start with people who are willing to hear and listen to what we want to be able to say. Right. And and, you know, if he's willing to work on that. Great. I'm happy to be able to work with him because. It's that little tiny thing that can lead up to more. Right. You know, it took little tiny movements to be able to legalize gay marriage. It took little tiny movements to be able to go and get some of the things for, you know, transgender protections. Yep. It took little tiny things to be able to get community support and involvement for, for all of these different organizations. And if we can meet them partially or even halfway it's better than nothing right we need to be able to meet people where we can agree with them on things yep and especially within um especially within mutual aid finding something that you can agree with you know with other people helps others in the long run right and and especially with with local community action and local smaller initiatives you you need the involvement of people who who know what they're doing number one and have the willingness to be able to do things in a positive manner yeah yeah put in the work i mean it's it's 
a lot of uh, the organizations that are are um, doing some great work, the biggest need that they have are people willing to put in the, that time to do that work. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I'm hoping that this, you know, bringing you on and talking about a few of the uh, mutual aid efforts in that area. If there's any listeners or anyone that happens to listen to the show afterwards, you know, reach out. If you reach out in the comments, I guarantee um, I can get you to uh, Ari or Ari will respond directly because they are uh, in the comments pretty often. And and one of the, you know, more active uh, folks in, in the post-political uh, podcast community and, and uh, audience. So, I'm uh, no, I'm very like I said, I I was super excited for this episode because I I know all of the the, I don't know even all of it, but I know all of the stuff that we've talked about (laughs) and it's amazing work and it's it's a lot. So I I'm very excited. We get to highlight a a bunch of it uh, tonight. And uh, I wanted to ask you kind of, you know, one uh, last thing to leave us with or uh, anything that you want to plug on, you know, any of the the efforts or whatever you want to talk about. Well, I'm going to definitely plug um, Imagine Waterworks. Um, They were the reason that TR NOLA ended up coming into being. Um, I met my co-founder from them, and they were more than willing and happy to get us connected. And it's not just that. it's, It's all of their different work that they end up doing the queer guide to hurricane season, uh, the trans clipper project, um, you know, the community fridges that they've helped coordinate. Right. And, and just all of the different really excellent work that they end up doing as well. Um, it's, it's amazing to watch and see, you know, people helping people. And, um, of course I'm going to plug mine. Um, you know, TR NOLA is, is in need of help. Um, we want to be able to help the community that we're inside of. Um, being trans myself, I've known how difficult it is. And I've seen and experienced myself some of the difficulties of living on this edge. And having that community involvement is very, very important, which is why I'm so happy that I have, you know, all of these different people to be able to go and connect with uh, Vermin Supreme Institute, um, you hear post political podcast, all of the different you know mutual aid and community driven um, work that we end up doing is just it's it's supremely important, and I'm in awe and wonder at at how you've grown and and seen how you know this community of individuals and people can end up helping one another. Yeah. I mean, the people helping people thing, you know, that gets, gets to me every time. Cause that's, that's what it's all, everything's about. I mean, you know, there's, and it, it can be small. I mean, I, I always say when folks are saying, you know, we should be helping each other and some folks think, well, I have to join this thing that I have to put this much effort into and this much time. There's just too much stuff going on. Call your neighbor, see how they're doing right now, especially they, that could be a, one of the biggest pieces of mutual aid in their life right now. That could mean the world to them. Buy groceries for your neighbor if you're able able to. Um, you know, do something. Shovel their driveway up here in Massachusetts. We just got a bunch of stuff. <laughs> so you know, I had a neighbor that that uh, uh, snowblowed uh, the front um, walkway because he noticed that I didn't do it early in the morning because I got a newborn and I was going crazy trying to balance that and and work and and with my wife and stuff. It's you know, those little things that meant the world to me. I mean, I, that's one of the biggest things that happened. I will remember that he was uh, there to do that for me. Um, you know, I, these, these organizations and stuff, I, I don't want to minimize the work there. That's incredible. And anything you can do to help, even if it's just one day or one uh, donation or one thing that you can do, um, that's also very, very uh, beneficial. And, um, you know, don't, People think, you know, people don't help sometimes because it's so, uh, it feels so big or it feels like it's, it's um, the, the problem that they're trying to solve is too big, but the little things add up and people helping people is what it's all about. Definitely. Um, I, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, one of the organizations that I work with um, just got me connected with a woman who was um, trying to be able to get connected with the trans community. 
because she knew and understood that that some of the needs were not being met. And so she ended up just donating a whole bunch of unused, unopened makeup yep. for, you know, you know, trans feminine or, you know, gender non-conforming individuals or for anybody in the trans community who just wanted to use it. Yep. And, and it, again, it was, it was people helping people. Um, it, it takes the tiniest little thing to make a person's day go, go better. Yeah. You know, that little bit of clothing, you don't have to give monetarily. You can donate time. You can donate goods. There's so many different ways of being able to help one another that, that are small everyday little things. Right. No, it's, it's so true. And I, I, I thank you so much. I mean, this was wonderful. Uh, you're, you know, you're a wonderful person and friend. Um, I'm, I'm super happy. I was able to talk to you and we were able to, you know, get the uh, technical stuff. Uh, situation. It was, like I said, I, I was able to, to talk about a little bit of the mutual aid stuff going on up here in the Northeast. So, uh, it worked out. It's, it's kind of a mutual aid themed, uh, <laughs> and, and it worked out. So no, I thank you so much. And I hope, um, I, I will keep you updated. Obviously we'll be talking quite a bit about, uh, the promo again, I'm going to flash this up on the screen. Uh, I will send this out on the page and the community, uh, uh, group as soon as I'm done with the episode. Uh, but please, if you want, like I said, if you don't want, uh, the merch, that's fine. Go and donate directly. If you want the merch, cause it's awesome. I, I think the, the, the design's cool and it's just a, um, a good way to, maybe bring some, some light to uh, some laws that you might want to help take off the books as well. So thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you. You too. <laughs> so that was Ari and I, again, so happy they were on to uh, talk more about all of the different work being done right now. Um, I, I hope that uh, a lot of folks uh, uh, stuck with us. I, I saw, I think, on the viewers that most folks did. And uh, I thank you all for uh, joining us. I think this was a wonderful episode. And I hope uh, you enjoyed uh, this week's episode of a Post-Political Podcast. Thanks again. Thanks.